All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey guys, Tim here. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Or maybe you've got one that just doesn't seem to be growing the way you want it to. I'm going to be teaching an online course to share everything I've learned about growing Dropping the Gloves. In this course, we'll be covering how to start your own show and plan your content, monetize your podcast, build an audience, create a brand identity, leverage audience feedback, and analyze data in a way that's actionable. Here's the catch, though. You can find information about basically all of those things from a simple Google search. So I'm not going to share boring how-tos or best practices. Instead, I'll be sharing real stories from our experience with growing the show and the important lessons we learned along the way. Mistakes we made, what we wish we did differently, and how we turned a fun side project into a real business. And most importantly, how you can apply these lessons to your own podcasts. It's a 90-minute class that you can attend either of two nights, October 23rd and November 14th. You can find a link to more information in the bios of any of our social media pages, but also feel free to message me if you have any questions. I hope to see you there. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Thanks for joining us. We're going to have a good one today. We got Derek Stepon, recently retired centerman for the Carolina Hurricanes. He's bounced around a lot. But before we get into that, you know what time it is. It's Give Better Time, our new sponsor for the show. Tim and I are very excited to be pairing up with these guys. They're doing something good in the world, which is rare these days. Everybody's out for themselves. These guys are trying to help people out. You lose when you're gambling. Everybody loses. Ho-hum, ho-hum, wang, wang, wang. Guess what? Instead of giving all your money to the casino, you only give 75% of your money to the casino. Because Give Better gives 25% of all of your losses to charity. The charity of your choice. You get to give it to charity. Then you get to write that stuff off. So you're losing your money. It's going to a good cause. And you also write it off in your taxes. So it's like free money. You're not even losing it. So check it out now. Go to givebetter.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R. Tell them we sent you. And just start having fun because you know what to do. You're doing a good thing even though you're losing money. Right, Tim? It's a win-win-win. I tell you what. I, I can't wait for this to open in the States because I would have bet against the Blackhawks on their opening night and they won. And I would have bet for the Blackhawks in their second game against the Bruins and they lost. So that would have been a double donation if it was live already. So I can't wait for this to start and start actually contributing those losses to something that matters. And now you're lying to the people because there's no way you're betting against the Bruins. Let's be honest here. John, I, I'm pretty hard on them this year. You know that. So we'll see. That's true. But anyways, everybody, check out givebetter.com. Tell them we sent you and have some fun gambling. If you're in Canada, if you're in the USA, pre-register now and you'll be ready when the time goes and they're going live. So check it out, givebetter.com. Now on to Derek Stepon. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. The season started, Tim. Everything is good. We're going to talk about hockey. No, we're not. We're going to talk with Derek Stepon, one of my good friends who I played with the New York Rangers. We were just shooting the breeze before. The guy's a gem. He just retired. How many years in the league did he play, Tim? 15, 14, 12, 15, yeah. 12. A lot of years in the league. Always a, just a consummate professional. One of the best guys in the locker room. Derek Stepan is joining the show. Derek, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I'm glad you guys looked up how many years I played before you I jumped on the show. It's one of the things where I know how many points you got. You started with the Rangers in 10 and 11 and you retired in 22, 23. So that's a, it's 12 years, right? Am I doing my math correct? Derek, is it, it's a 13? Yeah, it was 13 seasons. 
Wow, good for you. This is awesome. So let's just get right into what we were talking before. I want to know, why did you retire? You obviously probably had offers. No, no offers? No offers. I I retired mostly because I got too slow. Uh, It's just the game now is so fast. It's crazy. And as much as my brain could keep up, my feet just didn't want to keep up. Um, so unfortunately the game kind of passed me by, I would have loved to keep playing, but there just wasn't many people knocking on my door, uh, in July. No and, kidding. Um, just kind of went that, that direction. So, um, I'm completely at peace with it. I'm very happy with going to the next chapter. Um, but that's, that's the truth. And that's the, the part that everyone, um, wants to say that they had injuries or something, but the honest part is the game's just really fast now. How was the transition been? When when did you know? Because obviously July is free agency period. You're sniffing around. No one's kicking the tires. When did it set in? Like, okay, I might have to turn the page. I kind of, I, you know, I, I kept myself in shape um, going into July. And I, I kind of told myself, well, maybe I'll do the PTO option again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did it with Carolina last year. I was like, but I, I kind of did it with Carolina with the deal kind of there. It was like, hey, PTO, but we'll get you a deal once camp ends for cap reasons. And everyone that kind of we either A, talked about or or talked to kind of just said, yeah, there's a PTO if you want, but there's not really promise anything afterwards. So um, I would probably say it was somewhere in that July range that was like, okay, I'm not going to keep training all summer and I'm going to start enjoying myself. And then. Uh, I went on a golf trip to Scotland, uh, for 12 days. And I would say probably when I made the decision to go on the trip was probably when in my head, I was like, okay, it's done. Uh, and that was in, that was in August. So somewhere in there between are, July and middle of August. And were you like, are you okay? Cause I talked to guys and you know, they have a hard time from, hockey player to the next and you're obviously fresh it's only october 12th so you're only like the season started do you feel weird not playing has it like sunk in yet that you're not a hockey player anymore yeah it's um the like the few opening nights were weird like i watched the hurricanes game last night just because those are my you know my last teammates and it was strange to be watching it but I watched quite a bit when I was there for two years. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, but no, it, it was strange. Um, but I think for the, the most part, once I made the decision, I was, I was pretty set up on, on being comfortable with it. Um, I am going to stay around the game a little bit. Billy Guerin uh, lives two houses down and I kind of got like a part-time hockey ops gig going. Of right course. Now. And, and so I'm, I'm still in the game. I still get to go into the rink. Um, you know, I'll go to the wild game tonight and, and, you know, and so I'm still around it and I'm at, at peace with that part of it still being kind of in the, having a foot in the door a little bit, uh, but just not on the ice. So I'm. So what's I'm your title then with the wild? Because I, I don't, you don't, you don't listen to the show, but I, I make fun of this all the time. A guy retires and then he becomes, um, vice president of president hockey operations, uh, assistant to the made up title. What is Derek Stepan's title with the Minnesota wild? I, you know, I don't know. I don't think I have one. <laughs> um, I, I, I was pretty, when I, I had my conversation with bill, um, I was pretty, um, honest about what I, I truly wanted. I want to retire and I want to get away, but I know that if you walk away from the game, you don't always get back in. You yeah. know, a lot of the GMs they they look at it like, "Hey, I've been retired. I haven't done anything for a year." And then I call them and say, "Hey, I need a job." And it's I think GMs I I didn't want that to be what I want, was going to do. I said, "Hey, listen, I want to kick the tires on hockey ops stuff." And I think anybody that retires says, "I want to be a GM." Well, that's easy to say, but yeah. to do it is there's a lot of work that goes in it and it takes years to get to that point. So I asked Bill, I said, what's the best route? What do you think? And so this year I'm going to do it all. Um, I'm going to dabble in the development side. I'll look, uh, I'll go do some pro scouting stuff. I'm going to head down to Iowa actually to watch uh, a game. Uh, I think it's in the end of October here. 
I'll get a couple practices. So I'll get, you know, I'll put a whistle on and maybe do a little coaching. So no I'm kidding. I'm spreading myself all over just to see everything. And then where that goes, I'm not sure, but um, it's, it's a part-time gig and it's kind of, it's kind of keeps me in it. And, you know, I get to, you know, help the wild organization as much as I can, but I also, I want the retirement part of it. I want to go to golf in Scotland and I want to spend time with my crew here and, um, you know, I'm, my wife's family's big hunters. I've never hunted in my life. I got that coming up. I want to be able to go do that. I've never been able to do that. So it's a pretty good setup. So I think that helps with the transition too. Like, I don't think I'm going cold Turkey yeah. I'm just around doing nothing. Um, I still have work to do and it's in the hockey world. That's why I never expected that from you at all. You're a smart guy. Obviously, you went to college. You can carry a conversation, which is rare for hockey players. Is the end game GM like? W- would you love to control a team like that? I I think um, yeah. I mean, I I don't know if I'd be doing this if I didn't think that I I want to at least give myself a chance at it. Uh, yeah. Uh, now I might go through the year and be like no, this isn't for me. I got to figure something else out. But um, yeah, I think that I, I, I'm i going to give it a shot and see if it's something that tickles my fancy. That's crazy. Good for you. All right, let's, let's take it back because we jumped into this with the GM talk. I mentioned University of Wisconsin. I want to talk about Shattuck St. Mary's because I don't think a lot of people understand the magnitude of that institution when you were there. I don't know how they are now. I don't follow them. But when I was growing up, Shattuck St. Mary's was the peak epitome of, what's it, a prep school? Yes. It's just like a private school. How do you end up there? Because I know it's in Minnesota, and you're from Minnesota, so that was a normal transition. But they had the likes of Sidney Crosby, Zach Parisi, yourself was there, Jonathan Taves, a couple Canadians. How do you go to Shattuck St. Mary's? So for me personally... um... I had some guys that I grew up with that were a little bit older than me from Hastings that went from uh, Hastings High School to Shattuck for their junior and senior year. And I happened to, um, after my sophomore year, I had a good high school year. Um, They were like, you have to go at least look at it. And, you know, it's... It's a prep school, so there's some money that, and we we went down and looked at it, and my parents were willing to, you know, take a little bit of a risk and um, give me a shot to go down to this prep school. And it's I don't know how to explain it to people. Um, it's a you live there in dorms as mm-hmm. a 16, 17 year old kid, eighteen year old kid. Uh, you have nine periods in the day of academics that are demanding. Um, and you have my dog's gonna bark here because the FedEx guy just rolled by. Jake, hold on one second. No, hey, <laughs> oh, <laughs> can you hear him? Oh, yeah. you're fine. Um, so, um, yeah, so the academics is high end, you have practice for two hours a day. If a class, it's like college, if a class you might show up to the classroom and the teacher says, read chapter three on the board. And we all, it's, you know, class sizes were 10 when I was there. Wow. Two of your buddies and you go and you put your hockey stuff on the rinks open all day. And it's just a, it's just a hockey environment. And you play, we played, I think we played like 65 games a year. Um, Holy cow. Yeah. So it was like a more than college college. You only play like 32. Right. That's so why it's. It's, it was, it's, it's incredible. And when you're there, it's funny. You're like, Oh, this place stinks, blah, blah. blah. And then you leave there and you're like, that was the most amazing thing I could ever have gone through. Were you there with Johnny Taves? Did he, you guys overlap at all? Nope. I played with his younger brother, David though. So me and Taves were in the same class. Um, and yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maddie Carl's little brother was the only other one that maybe would ring a bell. Dave's at Denver now as the head coach. Okay. Uh, all so, right, that's cool. Yeah, Shattuck was incredible, and you know they they have um, there was a good stretch there of like really good championships. They dipped a little bit, but uh, this last year they just won uh, three national championships, and they're making their push back. So it's good, and the campus now is incredible. Yeah, like, I go down there and I don't even notice it. 
um, recognize it because uh, it's they did an incredible job for those athletes and students. Really cool. So you get drafted by the Rangers after that, and we're going to come back to that because I want to ask about Wisconsin first. Did you know always that you were going to go the NCAA route, or were you considering juniors? What was your decision like there? So I, uh, uh, after Shattuck, uh, Wisconsin called, and they're like, so I committed to Wisconsin at Shattuck when I was a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, to answer your question, I was NCAA all the way. Yeah. Um, after I graduated Shattuck, uh, Wisconsin didn't have a roster spot. <laughs> so I was going to probably play in the USHL or I was going to go to BC and play in Salmon Arm. I think that's probably where I would have ended up because the USHL team at the time wasn't ideal i think the salmon arm team was a better fit um so i think i, I was probably i was headed that direction and then kyle Turris signed with the coyotes and mike Eves then called me and said hey we got a spot for you no so way that was so how do, they, how do they offer you a, a scholarship when you're a junior and then all of a sudden you're a senior how do you take that information it's like oh okay like you promised me a spot last year yeah. so it's like a it's like a we you know we're full right now I think a year of the USHL would be great for you. You can go and play a bunch of games and, you know, I think that's, I mean, that's just the way it was. I mean, a lot that's of guys, crazy. That I, I, you know, I grew up with played one year of junior before going to college, um, you know, and now, now the, it's, it's a lot more, a lot more guys go that direction. And, you know, there's not as many true freshmen anymore. I mean, there is obviously the high end ones, but so and then you step right in in Wisconsin and play every game as a true freshman and 33 points and knock it out yeah. of the park. Like, was yeah. there a time when you walked into Eve's office and you go, what's up now, big boy? Like you were going to like no. suck it. No, it was. And and they had a spot for me, but it was like, you're not going to play on the power play. And like, it doesn't really make sense for you to be here. Um, so then for once turrets left, he's like, I got your spot. And so then I got more opportunity. I got to play more. And that was kind of part of it. It kind of went hand in hand, right? If I would have came in my freshman year and turrets was there, I don't know where I would have slotted in yeah. Maybe the lineup. And then it, you know, you go down a different path and then turrets decide he goes pro. And so then I signed my national letter of intent and went in and I got to play, you know, on the first power play unit. And, you know, so th- there's, there's components to it that it weirdly it, Yes, if it seems crazy that I I was ready, but it, the roster didn't have a spot for me. So once the spot opened up, it worked out. Why not go to one of the schools in Minnesota? You don't you don't like the Gophers or any of those teams in Minnesota? This is I've said this before. I I want I grew up every weekend watching the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Like Don I would, Lucia didn't watch you or. Yeah, it just it didn't work out. They they were full too. They had no roster spots, and it just I and I probably com- I committed young, so you know in my eyes I wanted to have something that I was building towards like mm-hmm. that, and I probably could have waited, and maybe there would have been a roster spot for me after my senior year. It, you know, maybe it changes, but I was, I just didn't get really re- get recruited. And I went to Wisconsin on my recruiting. Mike, he's like, listen, man we want you like, we want you here. And so, um, once that kind of got laid down, I was like, I'm in, like, I didn't even, I had a visit to North Dakota. And once I, once I had Mike Easby, like, Hey, we want you here. I was like, done. I want to be here. If you want me here, this is a fit for me. And away we go. Did you ever get a letter from Michigan tech or a call or any kind of correspondence? No, but I did play in the building. I did see the John Scott Jersey hanging. So were you impressed or intimidated? Both. <laughs> and it was it, in real Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It takes a special person to go to Michigan Tech. I don't think you would have been able to cut it. Maybe because Shaddix yeah. is a well, my dad was committed to Michigan Tech. What? For what? Yeah. Well, he played hockey. Did he? he? Yeah, he was drafted by the Rangers. I didn't know that. So why yeah. didn't he go to tech? He signed in well, he he after high school he went and played in Windsor and in Sault Ste. Marie. And That's he became, unbelievable. And he became a fighter. He started fighting. Yeah. How big is your dad? He's not very big, but he, you know, he'll always tell you that he answered the bell. He got beat up a lot. Did yeah. you ever get into a fight in the show? Not one. Derek. 
I know. I I was nervous to tell you that. <laughs> Is that your biggest regret in life? Probably. I, I'm being serious though, because yeah. every like Crosby got into a fight the other day. Did you, you how close did you come to ever getting in a fight? I had like your, you know, there was multiple like gloves up. I never got awarded the fight. Awarded. <laughs> That's what you call it when you're on my side. <laughs> you get awarded the ref side. I'm going to give there it to him five minutes. I always got the double minors, the fours. Derek's not mean enough to get fives. So you're got arguing the- with the ref on the way to the box. Give yeah. me five. <laughs> that's a terrible call. Give me the five. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. So you yeah. finish up your first year in Wisconsin. That's your draft year. You get yeah. picked second round. What? Draft are you shaking your head? No. You got drafted at a Shattuck. Okay, my yeah. mistake. What's that like in high school then? Was yeah. there any indications you were going to get drafted? Obviously, you were good. You put up 111 points your senior year in Shattuck, which is like stupid. Did you think first round, second round, third round? Well, what was the people so talking about? I, went to, I got drafted at, um, after my senior year. So I graduated from Shattuck in that summer of June. I got drafted. I went up to the Combine. Uh and I had graduation on Saturday. So I went up there Wednesday, Thursday, did the interviews. I just got to talk. I didn't have to do any of the strength conditioning, thank goodness, because I would have. Which is, you're not strong at all. <laughs> it would have been, my draft stock would have just plummeted. <laughs> but um, I met with, I met with all, every single team. I met with every single team. And um, after I met with every team, they kind of all were like, you know, late, late draft pick. You know, maybe that fourth, fifth, sixth round area. Like, so I was like, all right, cool. Like, I'm glad to be here. It was fun. I went home. I graduated. I went to my graduation that summer. Draft comes around. I'm like, obviously, the draft, the first round's on Friday. Saturday, I'm kind of just like watching TV, just having quiet in the background. And it's the second round. I don't think. Yeah. Like, no one's. And sure enough, I like look and like in the background, they, they're not even talking about me. They're just, they just see my nameplate. You know how they like the, the, yeah. you see the nameplate going in the back. And I'm like, yeah, that's my name. And then my phone rang and. Uh, no <laughs> way. Wow. Yeah. It's like the NFL thing after they draft somebody, they go, that's going to be a mistake. He's not going to pan out. And like, who's this guy? Yeah, if you look at it, it was like, I don't forget who was doing it. It was like, whoa, Rangers go off the board here with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. I've never been drafted. I, I, before Tim, I know Tim wants to ask a question. How does it work in, the, in, you say you go to this combine, are the teams just in little rooms and you go from room to room to room and you're just like a conveyor belt? Yeah, so it's it's a it's a hotel. Okay. And the teams all have like, you know, like room numbers, like basically like just hotel rooms and you walk in. And so like you get an itinerary when you get there and some guys had 10 interviews, you know, I'm sure the number one pick had one or two, yeah. you know, three, like my year was, was, uh, I think it was, Stammer was my year, right? Stammer. So I think Tampa probably interviewed him and then LA probably interviewed just in case that Tampa was going to yeah. switch directions. Right. Mm-hmm. So, some guys only have 10. Some guys have 20. I had, you know, 28. I think, I don't think I had every single, I had 28 or 27 interviews and they walk, you walk into these rooms and everyone's different. Like some guys are just there to yuck it up with you. Some guys are there to be real serious, you know? So it was, it's cool. Like you hear stories, right. Where GMs like start grilling you like, Hey, do you have a girlfriend? You Did know, you like, ever get that? Cause you're this clean cut kid from static St. Mary's. You probably yeah, went in there with the tie prep school. Yeah, I didn't get a I didn't get a whole lot of grilling other than like you're gonna work on your skating. You're too slow. <laughs> I mean people think I slowed down as I got older. I was slow when I started. <laughs> You've always <laughs> been slow. <laughs> this isn't a secret. Like this is my actually, I think my speed is just maintained. It's just I started getting noticed more that I'm slower because of my age. How does that ha- how do you not get faster? I just didn't really work on it. What? No, that's a lie. You worked your tail off at it. It's just, it's just hard. It just was, it was one of those things where, you know, you, as, as you started breaking out your summer, it's like, Hey, all right, I'm going to get on the skating coach here, here, and here. And you start working with them, working with them. And you come into camp and you have all your mechanics and you're working on everything in the first like few weeks. And then you're like bag skating every day. So then 
you just go back to old faithful. Yep. Like, I just got to go back to getting it done. Just bent it, right over. Yep. Straight leg in it. And you, you forget all your training. Um, so yeah, it was, it, I, the, the good thing was, is that I knew it from like day one. So I always had somebody that I worked with to keep me, my skating, you know, at least at, you know, turtle pace and not any slower. So you say you, you kept with them after the first five, six years. I just, I not seeing much improvement here. I switched, I switched one. I switched one and then New York had Barb Underhill. I don't know if yeah, she I've worked did. with Barb. Yeah. Yep. And so I switched from the Minnesota guy to Barb kind of here and there. And then I had um, Diane Ness here in Minnesota towards the end. So mm-hmm. I rotated them. So, okay. So your debut night. You score a hat trick. You're the fourth player in NHL history to ever do it. Three goals. Can you walk us through just like your emotions that night? What were the guys saying to you? How are you feeling? And did you think that the NHL was going to be easy after that after that night? Okay, so I I'm going to go a little <laughs> further back. I sign out of Wisconsin, and you know I get on. I'm, I'm I want to go like I don't want to go back, but they well, the first conversation I had with New York is like, hey, go back to for your junior year of at Wisconsin. So I'm like, all right, I'll go back. Torts had taken over at the end of the year prior. And I think they had a powwow after the draft being like, Torts was like, I want younger guys. I want some younger guys in here. This is the direction I want to go in. So then I get a call back from them saying, Hey, we want you to sign. So I was like, okay, I'll sign. So I signed pro. <clears throat> I go to Traverse city. I had a really good Traverse city. And I think it kind of, put me on the radar a little bit like, oh, okay, well, maybe this is the younger guy we want to go with. So then I get into camp. I play all six. I played six out of seven games that year and I had a good camp. So all this time I'm going through it. I, it's like a bl- Like, I don't even know. I'm not even really thinking about it. I'm just showing up, like just getting on the ice and doing what I got to do. Game one shows up and I'm playing with Ruslan Fedotenko and Sean Avery. And the first goal I score is like a Girardi shoots it at me and I'm like at the dot and I just tip it towards the net. It was like on the ice. It, it, like, it wasn't going that hard. It like pinballs off of my stick, off the defenseman stick and into the back of the net. Like I didn't even know I scored it. I thought Abe scored it. So I turned to like go celebrate with him and he's like, I didn't touch it. <laughs> like, well, I was the last one to touch it. And he's like, I remember him looking at me, well, then you scored. <laughs> Oh, cool. <laughs> and so then the second one goes in and then the third one, I'll never forget it. And Sean Avery, you know, he, he always, you know, gets, you know, he gave some guys a really hard time through his career. For whatever reason, he was always great to me. He was always awesome to me. I sat next to him on the plane my first few years. He was always really good to me and I'll never forget it. And you can look it up. It, the third goal gets rim behind the net and A's is behind the net. He's a lefty and he gets it and he just kind of no looks it to the slot to me and I score and we're all celebrating the four of us and A's behind the net. And he's like, what a pass. Did you see that? <laughs> like celebrating with the fans and like yelling at guys in Buffalo stands. <laughs> we had to skate our, our four man pile had to skate towards him, <laughs> but he was, he was great. And I, I just remember getting off the ice <clears throat> after the game and being like, Wait, what just happened? It's like, uh, and I couldn't allow myself to think about it because I was like, I'm still here because they still can send me down. Like, I don't know if I'm sticking around or not. And yeah. toward me into his office, I played one more game on the island with those two guys. I played like 12 minutes that uh, the game on the island. And after the game on the island, Torts brought me into his office and he said, listen, I'm going to move you, but just stay with me here for a second. Just stay with me. And I played 20 games with uh, Prusty and uh, Derek Bugard, but we played, you know, fourth line minutes at the time and Torts was a three line team. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, three minutes a night for 20 games. And after 20 games, Torts brought me back to his office and said, get ready. You're going to play. And I played with Froloff and Gabrick, like 22 minutes a night. And, but it, it, it took me to game 10 to like realize the hat trick had happened. When I was like, okay, now I can kind of get off the gas pedal when I wasn't really, it was, it was, it took a while. So you played those 20 games with the fourth line. You probably had one point maybe in that 20 mm-hmm. games, two points. You put up 
really 40 points. You were at a point per game with those guys, Gabby. That's pretty impressive steps. Like that's pretty, what, what, what was it like going from Wisconsin? You're playing in the first line for the New York Rangers. It it was wild. Like, <clears throat> and I, and I, I had good people around me to kind of be like, Hey, just don't think like, you just got to keep yeah. playing. Don't, don't stop and start over analyzing it. Just keep going, just keep playing and keep learning and, you know, take every opportunity to get it on Gabrick's stick to score. Cause that year, anything that landed on his stick went in the back of the net. I mean, he scored a ton of goals. So, um, yeah, so it, it was weird. Like it, it was, there's so many people around me and it goes back to the hat trick and leaving Wisconsin. Like it just kind of all blurred together that first year. Like just don't think about it. Don't start digesting anything. Just keep going until the end of the season. And then season ends, we lose to Washington and five that year. We were the eight seed. Mm-hmm. I go to world championships. And I just remember like going to world championships and it's like, well, that was a crazy year. And I was not very good in the world championships. <laughs> we only it's, played like two games. <laughs> you had seven points in seven games, it says here in your stat sheet. Oh, well, then I was okay. Yeah, you did okay. <laughs> That's not good for you. So then next year, the Rangers wake up in your first place in the Eastern Conference. You're knocking it out of the park. You guys are Stanley Cup contenders. And at the trade deadline, you go out and you get a bruising defenseman forward from Chicago um, named John Scott. And that's the only guy you brought in. Were you disappointed? Because now when teams go out, you look at the Bruins this year, they get Bertuzzi, they get Orlov. They load up for the playoffs. Were you guys pissed? Because you're you're Stanley Cup contenders. Not at all. Not at Don't all. Don't lie. Don't lie. I listen, I'm not, I'm not lying. I've never lied in my life. <clears throat> <laughs> no, we we honestly, that was one of the 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 best ads ever. Cause I if I'm you you might have to correct me. Maybe this was you were telling me this story, or maybe it was the Rangers' first game. You get put in the lineup after the deadline. Do you remember hopping over the boards? And I no, tell me what happened. That's going to jog my memory. Yeah, so you get in the lineup after the deadline, and Torts has got. We had a D man go down, and you were in the lineup as a forward. Mm -hmm. Scotty, come back here. You're going to go on D. Mm -hmm. Your guy comes to change, and you go to hop the wall, and someone takes out your arm. Oh yeah, that was in Pittsburgh. (laughs) That was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, (laughs) and you go down, and you throw out your back. Just right off the ice. (laughs) (laughs) Right off the ice. It hurts so much. <laughs> and the boards in Pittsburgh, for those of you who don't know, usually the boards are like three and a half feet. You can step over. I can touch the ice. For whatever reason, the boards are elevated. So I went to jump. My stick caught somebody, and both legs stayed on the bench, and my back end went around. And so I dropped right on my behind. <laughs> I literally just like, I'm going, I'm coming off. I remember Mark Stahl, like, are you serious? You're off. I'm like, I can't go. <laughs> oh, it was great. Uh, you, we had, that was a fun year. And we had, you know, the, but prior to that, we had the European preseason and it was, it was a fun year. It was a really so that fun was year. the trade where I get, I get traded and I show up to towards his office and he goes, I didn't even know we traded for you. So like, why are you, and I walked into his office. He's like, why are you here? I'm like, you slash just traded for me. Cause you obviously Derek Bugard off season stuff happened. He passed away. Rupp was hurt. Prusty was hurt. They needed some toughness. And he's like, I don't even know what to do with you. Like I, I'll try to get you out there. And then I was playing defense and forward. It was, it was an absolute mess for me, but I tried to make the best of it. But you guys were Stanley cup contenders, two games, seven wins. You beat Ottawa. I should say you, we beat Ottawa, beat Washington lose to New Jersey in the Eastern Conference Finals. What I don't want to say was that the best chance because you made it to the Cup Finals. I think two years later was mm-hmm. it not one or two? Yeah, two. How I don't want to skirt past my part of the story, but how frustrating was it to not win a cup with the Rangers? You had Lundqvist, you had all these star players. Did you guys talk about that in the off season? Like we have to do this. Yeah. So we lose to uh, Jersey Eastern Conference Finals. Um, the next year, uh, we lose to L.A. in the finals. Mm-hmm. The following year, we lose to Tampa in the Eastern Conference finals. Um, the year we lost uh, to L.A. in the cup finals, uh, we lost three games in overtime. 
We lost in five. Um, it, it just was – Hank was unreal in the series. Jonathan Quick was just like, let's call it three saves better. Like, mm-hmm. it, they both were unreal. Like, the games were absolute slugfests between the two teams because, you know, Sutter's L.A. team was not giving up any goals through that year. And we were – you know, we had Hank and, you know, we were playing stingy too. So, it was – obviously, we would have – we just, we just ran out of juice, uh, you know, and injuries are huge, right? Like I, the year we were in the cup finals, I played with a broken jaw. I had like the big, you know, yeah, mask on and the injury itself wasn't bad. It's just, I couldn't eat any food. I was like 160 pounds, like soaking wet. Holy cow. Like it was, I have a picture on my phone that is not, I do not look well. <laughs> But it was we'll, get, my, we'll get that from you after we'll, we'll post it. It'll be like the thumbnail for the show. We, uh, <laughs> it was my wedding summer. So I, I mean, I was skinny. skinny. <laughs> What's it like to go into overtime in the Stanley cup finals? How, yeah. how nerve wracking is that? The first one was really nerve wracking. And I think we, you know, we had it, we had a pipe and, you know, had a breakaway, you know, and then the second game, game two, we're in overtime. So we go game one in overtime. We lose. Game two, we go to overtime and, you know, we have a, a, I don't know, I might be mixing them up, but we have a chance to score and we get the, you know, the, the paddle, the goalie paddle and overtime, mm, yeah. he's out of position. He just kind of opens his paddle and hits the paddle and goes out. So, I mean, you take one of those out and, you know, it's a completely different series. And then we go home and LA put a clinic on in game three. They win one, nothing. And we didn't really even have chances to score. You know, they were, they smothered us that game. And then game four, we win. And we're like, all right, maybe we could be one of the few to ever do it. Yeah. Well, because there's three out. overtime games. You obviously are in the series. There's always yeah. a chance, right? Like, and, and we go in and in game five, we go to overtime and they beat, they clip us again. So it's, it's, <sighs> it's obviously it's, it's, you play that, that late, you're injured and you, and you have this shortened summer and you get back to camp and everyone's looking at each other in camp like, oh, <laughs> what are we doing here? And you just, and you ramp back up and it's amazing. You play late and you think, oh man, teams are going to slouch. But when you play that late, you come into the season, you've already, you're playing, you've already been playing. You just, you just finish. So you just start rolling teams again and you get right back into it and you hit a little lull, you know, at some point, but you roll and then you get in the playoffs and you do it again. You just, you run it back up. And those are the, those deep runs are the best. Obviously, it, I was going to ask because yeah, you, you have so many playoff runs. Like we, we interviewed, who was it? Mac last year. And it's like, do the regular seasons just become like a formality? It's like, let's just get through this. Once you've done the playoffs for like three, four years in a row, it's like, okay, get through this so we can get to the playoffs. Yeah, I think it becomes like more so of, of the mindset. Like it doesn't matter where we're at in the playoffs. Just get in. Yeah. Like, once you when you're rolling every year, it's like you could be an eight seed. You could be. It doesn't. Just get us in. That's all that matters. And once you're like in the hunt and you like got a good grip on like, hey, we're gonna get in. Then it's like, all right, now we can just let's just get ready to go play playoff hockey. Now, obviously, you want to get first or you want to be, you know, you want home ice advantage. But you know it. When you when you're rolling like that, from my experience, it's just like get in and yeah. we can beat anybody in a seven game series. Hmm. I mean, how much of it is like trying not to make a mistake and not to be the guy that is the reason you lose versus trying to score? I mean, you had that game seven winner against Washington in 2017, which a lot of people want to ask us about. Like, do you see your mentality changing in those overtime games as your season progresses where you're less nervous and more able to just relax and play your game? I you know what I, I I, I was always like, once the puck dropped, there was some nerves leading up to the game. Once the puck dropped, you're just in it. Like you're just playing. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't really matter. Like you just, you're just, you're in that little rink. And that was my mindset. Now some other guys would be like different, like out there gripping the stick. But I was just like, Hey, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to leave anything on the ice. Come here, bud. Want to come say hi? Come here. Hello. You say hi. Hi. <laughs> did you get your gummy bears yet or what no that's not him he's a three-year-old yeah he, this is the one oh, that it was is? For him yesterday yeah. oh boy yeah, me can you say hi that's john and tim yeah. tim <laughs> what's up buddy well john scott went to an all-star game he's got a jersey in his helmet right there 
he's a captain. Oh, oh. <laughs> that was MVP. It's not a big deal. <laughs> no big deal. You got MVP. You want a car? Yeah. Pretty yeah. cool. Are you gonna go play football? Yeah. We're almost done. Okay. Almost done. Almost done. You go play. Go play. No. No. You want to sit and talk? Okay. All right. Sorry. What were you guys saying? Yeah. I so was gonna I... ask. Um, what was Torts like? What was his mentality in the overtimes? Well, was he go for it or like stay back? Yeah, Torts. I mean, I think their slogan this year is. Uh, safe as death again and that's kind of what his mindset was too like um obviously he wanted you got to play the right way and you know we're gonna block shots and do all that but yeah you know he he was like let's not let's not wait like let's go and try to score a goal and get this thing over with i think that's the way it should be for everybody i, I mean, agree all right he, you get through the you know your first couple of years you're rolling now you're the best player on the rangers arguably one of the top couple your first line you're centering all these stars like you mentioned gabrick all these nash was there 2015 comes around you're working on a deal nothing's happening nothing's happening at what point do you file for arbitration how cool is that to file for arbitration or is it kind of yeah. last resort so my first so after my entry level i missed all of training camp I didn't have arbitration rights. So I missed all of training camp. I signed like five days before opening night. I was in, I was in Madison, Wisconsin, skating with the college team. <laughs> no, 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 no. Going to football games. <laughs> I got to go to a couple of Saturday football games. One of the <laughs> coolest thing I see seen in Wisconsin was the Mifflin block party, a double decker um, beer, beer bong. Yeah. But, yeah, those are pretty common there. Uh, not okay. I, my friends told me. My friends, yeah, tell. not you. Yeah, not me. Um, but anyway, so you 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 five days before camp, you yeah. sign. Well, I I would say that because you know, I at the time was like, let's just sign a deal. Like this is silly. Like let's just get it over with. And my agent, who I was with for thirteen years, who I is a good friend of mine, and I I really trust. Like this is important because the next time we might have to do it again. Mm. And I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, oh, I got two more years on this deal. I'll be fine. So I signed two year deal. I play out that contract and we get to the summer and my agent calls me and he's like, we're going to, we're going to have arbitration coming. Like it's going to happen. Like they're not, they're going to grind us down. They're going to try to get every nickel. So oh, we file for arbitration and uh, I fly up to Toronto. It's wild. You go to this hotel there's a mediator. Yeah, is it called mediator? I think it's yeah. a mediator. He shows up and we have like, it's a, you know, pretty side, you know, conference room in a hotel room. You know how big those tables are. Yeah. And so we have like my agent and our lawyers and then New York's lawyers and uh, Gortz had just gotten the job on the arbitration one. So Gortz and their lawyers. And then the PA at the end of the table has the PA lawyers for us. Oh, okay. And then there's like the mediator that's got like these packets like this thick from both sides of like why Derek should get this and why Derek should get this. Like we're talking like 150 pages of each. Now I had two really like most of the time you ask people that go to arbitration, like their side is like, their book is not very nice. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's a beat down. The Rangers were pretty kind to me on, on it. So arbitration is about to get started. And my agent and Gortz are like, you want to try this one more time? Sure. And they did it on a notepad. Got the deal done. They came back in and it was done before arbitration. No way. So yeah. hours before arbitration. Yeah. No way. Yeah. It was like, it was close. It was like 10 minutes before arbitration. They were, so the night before they met and they were closer. Yeah. Than they had been all summer. And then really all that was left was no trade and um, signing bonuses that they wanted to go through, <clears throat> which the no trade, I got traded before it kicked in. So <laughs> cute. And, I, and then I lost it. So <laughs> now they can't do that. the new CBA says that you can't do that anymore. Is that the Derek Stepan rule? Uh, and I think Subban's the other one in Montreal got traded before his no trade kicked in. That's so funny. So, so that that's fascinating. So how yeah. did your agent know that? you were going to go to arbitration as soon as the season ended. I think it was just like cap space. Who yeah. They had to sign, you know, they had to sign Carl Hagelin. Um, they had to sign, they had a few guys that had to get done. And, you know, they, my agent was looking at, well, Hey, look at, here's how much they're going to have left. 
So it got well, you done. mentioned getting traded. You, you go to Arizona, best team to the worst team. You put up some good numbers in Arizona. You, you obviously, you guys aren't making the playoffs. You did your last year there, and you won a round. That's exciting for Arizona. It doesn't usually happen. Then you go to Ottawa for a cup of coffee, and then you go to Carolina. You're jumping onto another Stanley Cup contending team. You're a veteran who's been around the block. You have some history. You have some, you know, experience in the Stanley Cup finals. What did you see from that Hurricanes team that made you want to sign their A? And did you think they were a Stanley Cup contending team? Yeah, I so <clears throat> going into that summer after Ottawa, I was coming off labrum surgery. Um, and I, my agent called me before July. This is like, I don't know. I was still in Arizona you know, cleaning up the house, getting ready to sell it and move on. And uh, he's like, what, what are you thinking this year? Like, you ready to go this summer, ready to get a deal done? And I'm like, yeah, listen, I know my role has changed. Like, I want to, I've been grinding here in Arizona. We went around, but I want to, I yeah. want to find somewhere and be a, a, a supporting piece. So we started looking at teams. Carolina was, we weren't even really sure that Carolina was interested at all. So day one opens up. And the phones are quiet. There's not a whole lot out there. Everyone's kind of saying, hey, it'll be later. It'll be later in the summer, which was mm -hmm. fine because you know, we were trying to find a good fit. And then, I don't know, it was pretty early into July. And Carolina called and said, would you guys be interested? And Roddy wants to talk to Step. And so when Roddy called me, he said, hey, listen, I have a, a fourth line role that I need to fill in the center spot. And, you know, that's what it is, just so you know. Like yeah. you might only play eight to 10 minutes a night. And I said, that's what I was looking for is a fit and somebody that wanted me. So once that conversation ended with Roddy, the piecing together a contract happened within an hour and then it was done. And it was, so, it was a good fit. And that I saw exactly what you said is like, listen, they got a lot of good pieces. They're making runs. You know, this is where I want to be. You mentioned eight to 10 minutes a night. Before we came on, we were having a nice conversation. Um, you didn't get eight to 10 minutes, Derek. What happened there? Because you, that, were, you were going three to four. That was the second year. So my oh, first okay. year, I, I I did play. I played 53 games, I think. Yeah. I, I watched a lot my first year. But when I did play, I, I played more. Um, and then my second year, uh, I signed a PTO in Carolina. And I was kind of pegged to be the extra guy. I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to be in the lineup. I was going to be an extra guy and mm -hmm. injuries happened and it just kind of worked out where, uh, I played more, but weirdly I played less. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, um, <laughs> it was, it, it was, listen, I was on board with it. I, I, I was a supporting role guy there. And I, I, I feel like if you were to call and ask them, I didn't complain about it. I went, you know, I would make subtle little comments, like, you know, play a song in the locker room, but <laughs> I, 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 I was good. I was, I was there to, to win a championship. And I knew that my role had, had, had been changed again and I was on board with it. So I loved my time in, in Carolina. Would I like to play more hundred percent? I think I could have helped more. And uh, we had a fourth line. It was like me and Paul Stasny and it kind of rotated on that. The, the winger, but me and Paul were like two veteran guys that, you know, mm -hmm. wanted to help and we were good with our role and we had fun with it and we wanted to do whatever we could. And, and again, we, I had fun and I love those guys down there and Roddy's an amazing coach and the organization did, did me a solid for two years. So I got no complaints, but I would have loved to touch the ice a few more shifts, you know, just three or four. <laughs> not, not getting greedy. <laughs> So, okay, we're going to wrap up with some rapid fire questions. We can throw them quickly at you, just, just quick responses. What was your pregame meal? Uh, pasta, a salad and a pasta and ice cream. Who was the hardest defenseman to play against? Chris Bronger. Yeah, nice. Uh, you skated with a lot of good players, obviously. Gabarik, Nash, Richards, all these guys, Callahan. Who were your two favorite linemates of your whole career? On the same line or just in general, one of each? In general, yeah, one of each. Uh, uh, I loved playing with Marty St. Louis. He was probably my favorite. Uh, uh, and I spent a lot of times with Chris Kreider, so I'm going to go with those two guys. And we actually were aligned together for a, a big chunk. Why Marty? I'm interested. 
He he was like a he was like a hockey brainiac, and no surprise he's coaching now. But I just love the way he saw the game, how he could communicate with me, and we could have things that were just just automatics on the ice that um, mm-hmm. made life easier. And yeah, he, Marty was he was special. And I'm leaving guys out, and I'm sure I'm going to get a text from somebody, you know, probably Callie. You know, he's going to give me time. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, we kind of asked this before, but give us a John Scott story for the listeners. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the one I told you before, cause I think it's great. Uh, we were in Washington, uh, in the playoffs and John came over at the deadline and he wasn't playing much. And we had just, we had our under gear on, we had a meeting, like a five on five meeting and we're sitting waiting for the coaches to come in. And Scotty is in his full gear with his stick. And right before the coaches walk in, he plays, put me in coach. I'm ready to play center field. And he <laughs> is sitting there and it's torts too. So we were all kind of quiet, like, Oh, how is he going to react? But he, he was, it was pretty funny. It was one of the, the best stories. Like we still, after you left, after you were good and gone, we still talked about it every time that song came on. It was the John Scott song. Everybody would go and do the special team meetings, the whole team, except for me, because I wasn't on the kill or the power play. So I'm sitting here like, well, what the heck? Like, what's going on? So I quickly got dressed and threw the, I had it queued up perfectly to that spot because it takes a little bit of time to get going. And I just blared at Tim. It was, <laughs> me and Torts had a funny relationship. It was, uh, it was a love hate. It was definitely a love hate. I remember one time he, we, we did a meeting in New York and after the meeting, in the video room, he goes, all right, well, Johnny, you're going to be with the black aces now. And audibly, I go, what the F are you talking about? <laughs> I remember that. I, I was like, oh boy, they're going to go at it. And he's and like, I went to his room and we had a big screaming match. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to skate with you guys. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not a black ace. Like, what a... It was so fun. But anyways, uh, anything else steps you, you want, you want to talk about before we let you go? Um, So do I get, the the check from the podcast comes in a week or so, or how does that What's work? What's that word you just said? We don't get those here. <laughs> how about the, the signing bonus that you guys It's mentioned? been a lot of time. Yeah, we're going to go to arbitration for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I won my arbitration case. I would tread carefully. What's what's 10% of nothing, Tim? That's what we could give up. That, that's that's zero. Zero. We'll take it. We'll take it. All right. All right. I, I appreciate that. you guys having me on. Yeah. Good luck with the wild this year. We'll see you as a GM sometime. And yeah, good luck this, uh, this afternoon with the lunchtime boys. You're going to go play your first senior league game. Yep, absolutely. Second, second. How'd the first game go? I, I was, I still got it. If there's any teams out there that need a crafty centerman on a small three on three rank. That's I, a question. What if a team just say there's injuries? Yeah, the Rangers, the Leafs, these teams. You're obviously still in shape. What if they come kicking the tires? Would you? Would you do like an AHL tryout? Go to yeah. the show after a if, certain if, amount like of time. Some team was like, "Hey, listen, we might need you down the stretch. Would you come in and play?" Hundred percent. Yeah, your wife's like telling in the back. No, you're not going. <laughs> you just see a, an arrow come through my head. Dies. <laughs> 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 oh, that's so funny. All right, Steph. Thanks for joining us, man. Have a good rest of your afternoon. Afternoon, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.